Okay. Welcome to the first podcast for uncensored, unscripted, and some other un thing that I can't remember. Uh, what is it, Marilyn? Uncensored, unscripted, and unplugged war stories from the front line of business. Yeah, the front lines of business. Okay, um, that right there is Marilyn Beck. Uh, she's going to be helping me out, uh, staying on track and not forgetting where I'm going and cutting me off if I'm going down a tangent that's totally irrelevant. Um, working the boards, sort of, is uh, Jay Renteria, my partner in business. And I am. Alonso Indacochea. Uh, actually, my, my name is Alonso Indacochea, but you can just call me Alonso. Um, and uh, I and myself and Jay, we started a business um, a year and two months ago with um, another uh, friend of ours. And um, yeah, I, I, I just kind of thought it would be cool to talk about some of the things I've learned um, in a totally uncensored way. So you know, this is as good as I'm going to do for a trigger warning. Um, this is going to be not safe for work, probably. Um, I'm going to say the word fuck a lot um, because that's just the way I talk. So um, if your four-year-old is listening, turn it off right now. Okay. Um, uh, I think we're going to have some music at the beginning, and that music is going to be by Rogues Beware, which is Jay's band. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that. And so the first thing I wanted to talk about, uh, well, first of all, who the hell am I? Um, why the hell do you care? Okay. Uh, so my, uh, my story is that, uh, I'm Peruvian originally. Um, I came to the States when I was very young. I lived out East, lived in, um, uh, Queens, Miami, uh, West Virginia, amongst other places. Um, Went to college uh, in Philly, um, taught English as a second language. I worked worked in an office and blah, blah, blah. I met my wife in Philly. And uh, my wife got a job. We ended up uh, here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, and uh, about a year and a half ago, I started seriously thinking about starting my own business. Uh, decided to kind of change careers. I went to a coding boot camp, met Jay, uh, met Florian, the other co-founder, and coming out of the boot camp, we decided to try and start our own thing. Um, so I'm kind of new to business, and so I, I'm not going to try and speak so much as an expert, but I'm going to at least try and talk about what I've learned, and there's so much. Um, so anyway, uh, that's just a little bit about me, and now I'm going to talk about... <laughs> so. You know, in the kind of work we do, so we, we do web development, so we build websites, web applications, and, and debug jobs, maintenance, all kinds of stuff. So the kind of work we do, you know, we, we have a lot of different kinds of clients. We speak with clients. And so I want to talk about one of the things I've learned is the way try and, clients try and control you, especially people that are savvier, and especially if they can smell blood and see that you're green the kinds of language that they use the kinds of terms that they try and force you into uh and and, and you know by the way not all clients are like this most clients are, are really great they're looking for something to get done and you're trying to do it and they're very reasonable and understanding and um are happy when when a good thing gets delivered but every once in a while i'm gonna i run into people that are 
I don't know if savvy is the right word, evil, uh, maybe, I don't know. Uh, just the kind of experience that uh, leads them to like sort of do things that are messed up. Uh, so anyway, uh, I got an email. So I, I, met, I met a client, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Um, you know, we got a cold call uh, and... Um, you know, it was a very sort of mysterious cold call. The client didn't really say much about, you know, what they were doing. They asked if we had experience doing WordPress, and obviously we do. Uh, I told them all about that. And so anyway, um, it sounded like a debug job. And so I told them, uh, you know, to meet with me to talk a little bit more about it. And so we met, and I think he had, you know, he had a good, good feeling. I think he'd been burned by people, uh, so-called WordPress developers in the past. Um, there's a lot of people that do WordPress work that are totally full of shit and incompetent. And frankly, that's a big reason why we have a business. And so he had, he'd been looking for someone that was remotely competent. He started talking to us. I think he got a sense that we knew what the hell we were talking about. And so uh, we left and we felt like uh, it was going to move forward. And... Uh, then I get this email. Okay, so um, I'm going to try and paraphrase. But so apparently he has a funding source. Now, I was under the impression that this guy uh, was funding it himself. Apparently he has a funding source. So apparently he went to talk to his funding source. And apparently they're excited that, um, that uh, they found someone competent and that they can write us a check. However, this funding source stressed to, to our potential client that payment should not be expected without satisfactory results. And, <laughs> you know, when I see that, I, it's a huge red flag from my end. And so let me explain. We had a, one of our first clients, um, they were total shits. I mean, they were just total shits. They took advantage of us because we didn't really know much about anything, especially on the business side. And um, they got us into an arrangement where they essentially decided that they were going to try and indefinitely move the end posts because they weren't satisfied with the results. Um, now, if you knew what we did and if you knew what the budget was, uh, I think... I think you'd understand that what we did for them was a tremendous amount of work with almost no help. Um, we basically built a front end for an existing back end, and not to get into too, much, too many details, but what we did for them was a crazy extreme value. Um, and they, they, you know, they decided that uh, they just wanted to keep moving the end post more and more and more. Um, and they were a bunch of, they were jerks. Uh, and they tried to take advantage of us and um, they took advantage of us. Um, and so since then, when I get someone that's trying to tell me stuff like that, um, I kind of get pissed, uh, you know, I kind of get pissed because I, it's disrespectful. So this is what I wrote, this is what I wrote back. I wrote back that I appreciate that him and his business partner that I was not aware of, uh, expect results and we expect to deliver those results but that said you know the, the payment arrangement that this guy's proposing is not an arrangement we can accept so I told him about the four different ways we get paid right we do a fixed quote 
right? And that's, that's only for major stuff, and we need a deposit for that. Um, we, do, we can do monthly recurring for monthly maintenance on websites paid ahead of time. Uh, we will do time blocks, retainer arrangements. That's usually for major ongoing work on a web application. And we will do hourly for smaller jobs, but we, you know, we do estimates and we want 50% deposits on the estimates. And that's, you know, that's to protect ourselves. Um, because a lot of times these small jobs, you know, you don't want to get, um, you know, you don't want to get too stuck in these things and waste a bunch of time. Uh, you want to make these arrangements clean. So what we'll do is we'll just take a look, provide an estimate, um, and go from there. Uh, but we need 50% down. I, I barely know this guy. I've met him a couple of times. We have to sort of protect ourselves. We're going to do work for him. So when I see something like until, you know, the satisfactory results, according to whom? You know, we're going we're, we're gonna to set out and do the things we say we're going to do. But, um, you know, according to whom? If it's according to that person and we disagree, then we have a serious problem and we maybe never, ever get paid. And so one of the things I've learned is that no matter what we do, we've got to get paid for the work we, we do. And I mean, you know, it seems like an obvious thing, but when you get put in these positions, especially when you're new and people trying to take advantage of you, uh, you can lose sight of that. It's really easy to lose sight of that. So anyway, um, you know, something else I said. Uh, we're a serious company conducting serious business. Um, I think a lot of times in the kind of work we do, people think that we're just, we're just kids, you know, writing code or whatever, and, you know, that we could be bullied or, you know, we could be uh, maneuvered or, or, you know, manipulated. Um, you know, I don't know, for our company, that time is done. Um, I just, you know, I think learning stuff, <laughs> learning stuff, uh, learning stuff over the last year has really helped us. And, and so, you know, if you, if you ever get an email like that, um, I think there are polite ways that you can respond uh, to let people know that, no, we're not going to do things the way you're proposing because that's a way that I don't get paid somehow, or it's possible I don't get paid. So it's really important when you're doing your own thing to, you know, keep your eyes on the prize and make sure that you're getting paid for work. Um, and it's, this is a, let me add that this is a debug job. It, it's really hard to know, like, you know, until you really get in there, what it's going to take to fix things. So, you know, we, we give an estimate, but it's just an estimate. I mean, we try and be accurate with our estimates, but it's just an estimate. So anyway, I thought I'd share that with you. And, and you know, going forward, um, I want to have guests talk about some war stories from business um, and, and hopefully it can help people and, you know, hopefully we can get something out of it and, 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 you know, I don't know, lend a sympathetic ear. Um, so anyway, does that sound okay, Marilyn? Yeah, I, I mean, again, so my only other questions for you would be, you had this, this, pretty rude and insensitive email and, and again is, is that commonplace is that not but but what did you learn from it what will you what red flags will you be aware of next time and and then um where are you today with that project um <laughs> okay all good stuff um the client is incredibly vague about what they want and and one of the things i mentioned in the email is that we need a clear statement of work um, I don't know if this is going to go anywhere because I don't even know if the client knows what, what, the, what he wants. 
um, frankly. So uh, we still haven't finalized this thing, and um, you know, who knows if it will be finalized. I mean, I, I was pretty strong with my response, but I thought I was polite, and he responded that he was going to talk to his funding source. So maybe they'll move on and find someone and try and take advantage of someone else. I don't know. Uh, or maybe not, or maybe this is like kind of a, more, a misunderstanding, or they, they just don't know what they're doing, and then, you know, I don't know. There's lots of things. And the other thing is, I'm not perfect. I could have managed this a lot better, right? Um, you know, most of the time, you don't get stuff like this from clients. Like, in my experience, in general, clients are people that need something done, and they're willing to pay for it, and so you get it done. Um, so what could I have done different? I think one thing... Um, is just been explicit about the way we get paid right up front. Um, and maybe I wasn't explicit enough. Um, you know, I, you know I, I've been trying to more and more funnel our clients into doing like, I don't know, like pre-work, like kind of like, a, like we have a worksheet on, on our website that we have people fill out so that we have a better sense of what they want. But um, for small jobs like this, um, you know, it's, it's trickier to get people to actually do that. Um, you know, and, and part of it also is maybe we shouldn't, you know, frankly, do I really even care that much? Like at the end of the day, we're pretty damn busy as it is. Like, so this job that might not amount to much money at all, like, might not go anywhere and already the clients seeming like they're going to be difficult. It's just, if things work, things work. And if they don't, they don't. I'm not too, I'm not going to be sad about it one way or the other, I guess. Um, so any, yeah. Any red flags that you know you could take away from this that you could share with others? Really? Yeah, I mean, I think when someone's with someone saying that they won't pay you unless they get satisfactory results. See, like to, for us, if if the client truly isn't satisfied and we feel like we haven't done the work we're supposed to do, well, of course we'll refund the client. I mean, but I don't want to start off on terms by which. Uh, our client is going to have 100% say whether or not we get paid for the work that we do. Um, and if they don't trust us to get the work done, then they probably shouldn't hire us. Uh, one, one of the other things I mentioned in the email was we have lots of references. We have lots of people you can talk to that have worked with us. Um, so, you know, if you don't get the sense that we're competent and you don't trust us, then it's fine. You know, it's probably not going to work. So, you know, I would say people talking about, you know, not paying until they get satisfactory, that's a huge red flag for me. And it's, it's not because we're not going to do satisfactory work. It's because they're dictating the terms. And you don't know who they are. They could be evil. They could be. They could just be evil and decide that they're not going to pay you. Uh, that's how things go sometimes. So... Yeah, I'd say that's the biggest red flag. Um, so anyway, I, okay, so this is my favorite part. Uh, I'm going to talk about some pet peeves. Uh, frankly, some things, some shit that pisses me off in the business world. And I really, um, <laughs> or it just pisses me off or just annoys me or I think it's stupid or played out or whatever. Okay, so in our world, I can't tell you how many freelancers, and agencies. I can't tell you how many people in our world brand themselves with coffee. If I hear one more fucking person 
talking about turning coffee into fucking code. It's played out. I get it. You drink coffee. Who the fuck cares? I don't give a shit. And, and you know, frankly, that kind of turns my, like, you know, that, that, what is the obsession with coffee? Okay, like, okay. So I know that back in the day in this country, people drank like Folgers and Sanka. Most people did, right? And that was it. And that was awful. Okay, I get it, right? Now it's become this like, like the epitome of con conspicuous consumption. And it's like so annoying. Beer is going the same way, by the way. It's, it's so annoying. Like there's, it's, you know, like you have, like people now have to have their like, special brand of coffee that like a civet like shat out the beans or some awful like dumb shit or some uh, who, who knows right and then they think that 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 like that branding like God, for me that branding is so played out like i get it you drink coffee you're caffeinated congratulations who cares it's just so boring i see it so often over and over again like i'm not impressed that you like coffee i don't i'm not impressed it means absolutely nothing to me. So anyway, just could you stop, stop branding yourself with coffee. There's like a million other things to brand yourself with, you know, that are actually probably more revealing about your personality. If you like coffee so much, like maybe one assumption I'm going to make is that, again, you're <laughs> like a conspicuous consumer. And frankly, that's not flattering. So don't do that. Um, don't do that because it annoys the shit out of me. So, um, okay, something else. Uh, you know, just being new to the business community, one of the complaints that I hear from other business owners is, oh, how hard it is, the bureaucracy of starting a business. Uh, starting a business is so tough, you know, you have to deal with the paperwork and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I don't know, you know, this is maybe, I don't know, it, it, this might be different for some of you guys in different states. I'm in New Mexico, so I'll speak to that. It is so goddamn easy to start a business in New Mexico. Now, it's really hard to find funding if you need funding to start your business. And there's all kinds of other issues. But the bureaucratic piece of starting a business in this state, it's a joke. There is nothing. Like, anyone can start a business. And in fact, I was kind of thinking about this, but like I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe we should have some more barriers. <laughs> some more barriers. Because, not, because any dumb shit can like start a business. And like, I'm not sure that's a good thing. There's a lot of people out there that are wasting people's money starting a business because they're dumb and they have no idea or like they have a, a, a business plan that's like brain dead or I don't know, they just, you know, like they're not business people and, and they probably shouldn't be in business. Um, uh, maybe that's a bit harsh, but um, it is really simple. So in New Mexico, they just put out they just put out some system where you can go online and in 15 minutes have an LLC. It's it's a joke. And before that, it was really really simple. You just you get a template for an operating agreement and you send that shit to the Secretary of State. They sign. It's so it's like so, it's so dead simple. So enough with the whining about the bureaucracy. It just it drives me crazy like just fucking do it, you know? Just do it. Okay. Um, and then finally, uh, so this is, this is, I'm sure, going to be a theme in this podcast. Okay. The fantasy, the, 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 the fantasy that most business people have that I, or not, I don't know about most, but some business people have, um, 
it, it, it drives me nuts. And it, it, it's like the four hour work week type shit, right? So this is, this is the type of shit that uh, people do where they think, oh, I'm gonna go into business and I'm gonna figure out how to do the least amount of work. And then I'm gonna go fucking hang out in, uh, I don't know, Thailand or somewhere, I don't know. You know, go on the beach, sip a pina colada, and let everyone else do the work, and money just goes into my bank, and my idea is going to be so brilliant that I'm just going to not have to work or whatever. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm crazy. Marilyn, I don't know. Maybe you speak to this. Maybe I'm crazy, but I kind of like working. I kind of like doing shit. I don't find a ton of value in uh, outsourcing all the work. Um, first of all, you you know, there's quality control and all that stuff. But regardless, I, I, I actually like doing work. I actually get something out of it. Maybe I'm nuts. But the fantasy for most business people, and I, I know this because, you know, there's this whole world of business consultants. There's this parallel world of business consultants, right? And you know, I'm not saying that all business consultants are bullshitters. I mean, I think probably some of them are great at what they do. But I see this world of business consultants. And a lot of times what they sell is, look at me. I'm at the beach. I'm like, you know, dicking around, having fun. And I run a company that makes six, seven figures every month. And look at me, right? And here I'm going to share, share my secrets with you on how to get there, right? How to, you know, it's like, it's like the new American dream, the new American dream. It used to be like a family, a picket fence, a house, blah, blah. Now it's like, I'm going to figure out how to not do any work, how to get everyone else to do work for me. And the money just keeps rolling in. It, look, if that sounds like something that's amazing to you and great, and that's how you want to live your life, and that's how you find life fulfilling, you should probably not listen to this podcast because I'm going to talk shit on that. Um, I like working. I want to work. I want to make things. I want to build things. And I don't subscribe to that dream. I think maybe part of it is my dad. He's always been really... Um, my dad has always been um, an influence on me in that way. Uh, you know, he just works his ass off. He's always worked his ass off. And he likes it. Um, and he's always scoffed at the people that like try and do, try and get something for nothing. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, this probably puts me in opposition to a lot of people that would find that like amazing and they just, you know, whatever. But, um, for me, I think it sucks. How is life fulfilling, um, without making things, doing things, creating things, um, writing, reading, how's that, how's, how's your life uh, fulfilling. Uh, how's your, how is life fulfilling for you if there's not a productive side? If not, you're not producing. Um, I don't get it. Maybe I never will. Um, anyway, I don't know. Marilyn, do you got anything to say about that? Well, I think you've tapped in. I haven't really read, I have not read the four hour work week, but I think you've tapped into this idea that, that you have found a job that you enjoy. Your job is a passion project. And I think that people who who don't who want to work as few hours as possible have not yet found that joy. And you're right, people who are sitting on the beach for, you know, five or seven days out of the week, you know, are they creating something? I thought that, you know, what you said and you've tapped into your your creative aspect and in, in your productive aspect and your pushing aspect forward, you know, to 
everyone beats to their own drummer, but but again, you and I are both fortunate in that we've created our own jobs, we've created our own course. You know, is it a millennial thing? Everyone goes back and forth because millennials are lazy and want to work as few hours as possible. There's the quality of life aspect. So people want to engage in activities that, you know, you, you, you're a perfect example. You balance family and work, passions, and, you know. Man, I tried to. It's hard. It's hard, but um, it's hard, but, I, you know, I think part of it, I don't know. I'm just, uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm just different. I, I you know. I've lived in lots of places, seen lots of kinds of people, and you know, you know, like you sometimes, sometimes you hesitate to judge because people come from different circumstances. And yeah, maybe you're right. A lot of people hate their job, and they think that like, they think that the thing that they want to do is not do their job, and maybe that's right. But there's not do the job that you hate, and then there's not do anything at all. Um, and that sucks. Like, like, okay, there's a guy I know, okay? And, you know, to protect the innocent, let's, um, let's call him, uh, Fuckface. All right? My buddy Fuckface. Okay, so, I think that he does, he runs a business and I think he does bullshit. I think he makes bullshit for his clients. Like a worthless product. And it's, he's, you know, he sells it for money and goes on vacation. You know, doesn't have to worry about family, right? Uh, and you know what's even kind of crazy and more insidious is that like most of his clients don't even understand that what they're getting is bullshit um and he's a he's a really he's you know he's he's got a really he's a i mean i don't know i wouldn't call him charming because i think he's like full of shit um my i my bullshit meter is on super high but i see other people fall for his shit and um there's a lot of people that I compete with that I have a tremendous amount of respect for because they do good work. And we're trying to catch up. Um, there's a lot of people that I think are disingenuous um, about work in general. Um, they take shortcuts, they do um, BS work that's barely work. Um, they charge people a bunch of money and they sleep at night so I'm not that guy. I will never be that guy. And, um, you know, call me righteous or whatever. I'm never going to be that guy. Um, so it's just something I can't identify with. Um, and I see guys like that all the time. They usually have, you know, Tony Robbins style, like Mike's like, you know, like they're usually doing TED Talks and like have like Mike's like, you know, like on their face and walking around and doing their little like, you know, snake oil salesman country club golf hustler you know bullshit show and people fall for that shit uh but i don't know man i'm i lived in philly for a bunch of years i lived in new york uh my bullshit meter is very active 
And um, I don't fall for that shit. That does, shit doesn't impress me. Like people wear, I, people wear a suit. I don't. I'm not impressed by your fucking suit. You know. Um, out here in New Mexico, something I've noticed is people sometimes are impressed by the way someone looks, the way someone talks. None of that shit impresses me. If you're smart, if you do cool things, if you're if you're a good guy or a good good person, you know, good uh, a good woman, good man, someone that delivers, someone that is not full of shit. As someone that's funny and real, uh, then um, then I'll probably talk to you, and, and I'll probably have respect for you. Um, it's the fake people that are selling bullshit that drive me nuts. Yeah. So with about five minutes left, let's leave us with parting words and wisdom and, and all things along. Okay, so um, I want to do this every time we do a podcast. Um, I want to give a pick of the week. This, ha- this is like apropos of nothing. Um, just some shit that I think is cool and I don't know if anyone listens to this then maybe they'll get turned on to it or whatever um, so I read this in college uh, it's called Blood Child it's a short story by uh, Octavia Butler um, it's a, so it's science fiction but I don't know if you're not into like um, the crazy hard science fiction um, I think this is pretty accessible. It's 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 really cool. Um, so the concept is basically the backstory is uh, you have these uh, human colonists that are on this alien planet that's sort of inhabited by these kind of insect-like creatures, right? And so when they when the colonists land, um, what the what the insect creatures realize is that humans are actually a really good host um, to uh, for the for the eggs. <laughs> of the aliens, right? And so what the aliens do is they create this like preserve where humans can be and live and like they're, you know, like taken care of, but each family has to give over one of their kids to host the alien eggs. And the process by which the alien eggs are born is like truly crazy and gruesome and messed up. And usually the kid survives, but it's really messed up. And so it's about this boy who is picked to host these eggs, uh, the eggs, and um, he starts questioning stuff when he sees, he sees another human <laughs> giving birth to these eggs. It's really weird. It's really weird. It's it kind of like you know. I think it speaks to like the themes of like colonization and um, like you know, I don't know, this sort of parasitic relationship. You know, draw what conclusions you will, but it is a, it's a short story. It's easy to read. Um, it's, I mean, to me, it was fascinating. I was, like, totally blown away by it um, uh, as a young man. So, uh, yeah, so check out Blood Child by Octavia Butler. Um, I'm going to try not to do so many sci-fi picks. I'm really kind of, like, stereotyping here. Like, um, you're, you're in web development. Um, chances are you're probably familiar with like Bradbury and Asimov and all that shit, which I am, I am, but I like other stuff too. Like I'm a well-rounded guy. I don't just like, you know, nerd out and do sci-fi and and shit like that. So, but a very cool story. So definitely check it out. Okay. Um, what else? Parting words. Uh, so hopefully, um, going forward, I'm going to have lots of guests and, um, we're going to uh, have conversations where we, we tell shit, uh, talk shit about, uh, you know, 
having a business, uh, starting a business, um, talking about clients, talking about uh, different kinds of situations, hopefully in a way that's like <laughs> remotely compelling <laughs> and fun and uh, with laughter and, um, and just being real. Uh, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying really, really hard to be real. Maybe I shouldn't try so hard next time. But um, just be real about what I've learned and, and, and hopefully you get something out of it. Um, so my Twitter is at Alonzo underscore I-N and it's Alonzo A-L-O-N-S-O. -O. So it's a Spanish, so nosy. And um, uh, frankly, you know, it's like, I, I don't, if you want to follow me, that's fine. Um, I don't usually put too much stuff out on there. Um, or Facebook for that matter. I don't usually put anything on there. I share like onion articles. That's about it. Um, uh, so, um, so follow me or not, I don't really care, honestly. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would be remiss not to plug my company. My company's called Hermes Development. Um, we do uh, custom WordPress. Uh, we do maintenance. We do web applications. We've done Angular, Laravel. We're about to start working on a React and Redux project. Um, we, you know, generally open source stack, um, web dev, full stack. Um, so yeah, uh, check us out, uh, hermesdev.io, that's H-E-R-M-E-S-D-E-V.io. Um, and uh, get at us through the contact form. And otherwise, Marilyn, you got anything to add? No, I think that's it. Um, this was surprisingly awesome, and I can't wait to hear the next one. Okay, yeah, and... and um, Jay, you want to say anything? Jay's not going to say it. Jay never says anything. Um, all right. Okay. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, I'll see you next time.